Welcome to CEO Lead Sales Podcast. Today, I'm having a conversation with Emma Toll from Rodney's Nursery. Welcome, Emma. Thank you so much for having me, Andrew. I'm really excited to be here. And we're sitting out in the grounds of the nursery. It's just what a beautiful location. I don't know if I could think of a much better location to work. Plants, happy people, running water, a great cafe. It's a great story. But Emma, tell me your story. What, tell me about you and how you got here and a lot of those sorts of things, please. Yeah, of course. So um, basically, I grew up in, in the nursery here and, and um, you know, I had a pretty idyllic childhood. We lived on the property here as children um, and so we sort of had the whole nursery as part of our garden. And, and you know, as, as I've gotten older, you know, I, I moved away, but um, I've come back into the nursery um, and the cafe sort of in the last 15 years or 20 years um, and now actually my family live here on the property my children my husband um, and so my kids are kind of having that same childhood that we were brought up with except they now have a cafe we never had a cafe How when nice. we were young How nice. uh, so they now have a cafe that they can come and you know order food on a on a Saturday and Sunday they come down and have breakfast and you know have a have a lovely time um, ordering ice chocolates when I'm not looking and all sorts of things. So yeah, so it's a pretty, pretty lovely lifestyle. And, um, you know, we are, feel very fortunate that we, we get to live it every day. Yeah. Yes. It's wonderful. And, and the thing about Rodney's yes. is it's a Canberra institution. Yes. It's been here 50 years. Your father started it. Tell me about how that started. Tell me about. What, you know, was there a nursery here at the start, or what, what's the what, what was the background? Yeah, it's a pretty pretty amazing story actually, because it is this year is fifty years in business for our family, um, and we have three generations of family working in the business. So my parents still run the nursery side of things. I have a sister, um, well, two sisters actually, who also work within the business, um, and I. It's obviously my husband and I, and then um, my nieces. I have a, a couple of nieces that work in the business as well, um, and so yeah, mum and dad bought the property um, 50 years ago or 52 years ago um, in 1971 and then they um, built the nursery in 1973. So the property actually was a orchard and a um, chicken farm before they bought it um, and they they actually wanted the property up the street. Right. It was a property up the street. It was actually the first property in Pialigo as you drive in on the left-hand side, and it's actually now the Kerrison's Orchard. Um, and so the Kerrison's actually got that property. So then mum and dad took this property. And, um, yeah, they basically paid about $70,000, which back then – you know, it doesn't seem like a lot now, but back then that was a lot of money for a property. So in Pialigo, because it was a bit of a backwater. Because it was, it was quite remote. I, I, I grew up in Canberra here yes. and I remember coming out here and it was, it was a journey. It was. Canberra it Airport was minuscule, was. Yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So yes. it wasn't, there was no Bridnabella Park. Yes. There was nothing here like that. Yeah. I think even Woden at that stage yes. was seen as like an outer suburb. Like that was quite yes. a way out. So yeah, Pialigo was like that too. So they paid like quite a lot of money, you know, and they, and for them, you know, that was a very big deal. And so when they decided to, um, they were always going to put the nursery on here, but they had to build a lot of the buildings themselves. They had to put down, you know, back then we've got, I mean, now we've got lovely um, concrete for 
you know, our ground and paving and things. But back then we had tar, you know, they were hot tarring at night and, you know, all sorts of stuff trying to get it done. They built the shop, which we still have today. Right. So the, the front shop where you walk in, that was the shop they built 50 years ago. Um, and so, yeah, they they had, you know, it was quite a, quite a big thing. And also back then um, there wasn't a lot of transport for plants. So basically even now we buy most of our plants out of Victoria because it's got the same climate as as um as Canberra but back then there wasn't any plant transport nobody was doing that you know in the 70s that wasn't like a big sort of thing it's so, interesting isn't it because we see we see semis with plants I do a lot of driving huge, between Canberra yeah. and Melbourne and I see Probably plants coming up here. It that's is. Right. It's a big, yeah. it's a really big industry yeah. now, but back then it wasn't. So, um, my dad had to buy a semi trailer, get a, get a truck license, buy a semi trailer. And he used to drive down to, um, Victoria sort of twice a week, um, and, and collect plants and, and do that as well as trying to open the nursery and, and have the nursery here. And I think when they first started, I think there was only about five staff. Um, working when they they first opened, um, and obviously you know over fifty years a lot has changed. Yes, um, and yeah, so um, yeah, it was quite quite a full on for them in those early years. And mum also had only she had four children under five and a half, and so you know she was sort of the one left here. You know, running the business when dad was away, having, plants, you know, yeah. absolutely children. Um, you know, they used to do, she used to do all the book work late at night. I even remember that as a child, you know, you'd sort of wake up at 11 o'clock at night or something can come down scared and she'd be down, you know, doing all the book work yeah. for the nursery, you know, um, and things like that. So, um, but look, over the years, a lot of things have changed. So, um, you know, my parents have always been amazing um, people at the forefront of the nursing industry in Australia. You know, they've always been pushing the boundaries. They've always been trying to, you know, make the nursery the best place in Australia. You know, they've always wanted to have that sort of, you know, be the best people they could be in the best nursery and so you know um they've done a lot of things over the years we were one of the first people in australia to put a cafe in our um nursery and that was 27 years ago so that was really there was only a couple of places i think maybe that had done that um they also were the first people to put these the, the covers we have which are you know they're a green life cover yes. that people use in production nurseries but in um england and also in new zealand they use these covers quite a lot for people to um, in retail nurseries for people to walk under because it gives you a sense of sort of being outside they're very high up they're light and all things like that so we actually were the first nursery in Australia to use those um, in that way we also you know have a gift shop we've had lots of businesses in here over the years from a children's wear store to a um, indoor plant business to a artificial plant business landscape yard we had for 30 years so they all um, sort of are built on did your mother and father have a history in nurseries before starting no they really? didn't no so well dad had so my father um his parents were um, used to run cattle stations and so they lived all around sort of queensland and northern new south wales um throughout when he was growing up and then my mum's parents were very, very good business people. They, my mum comes from very good business stock. So, um, her parents, uh, basically in the tire industry and they started, um, a business called Discount Tire Service, which Well, is, that's interesting. That's another Canberra is. institution, it right? Is. I think that's there right. wouldn't be many people who live in Canberra who haven't brought tires from Discount Tire Service. That's right. Sure. And so they started that. Um, and so, but before that, they'd started a retreading business and Goodyear tires bought them out, but they were really silly and they, thought when they when they bought them out they sort of did this 
uh, caveat up for my grandfather to say, you can't start a tire business for 10 years or whatever it is and, it was, in ACT yeah. and all the rest of it. But they were, they didn't tie my grandmother up. <laughs> they didn't think to. So basically they sold the business well, to Goodyear. Of course, women wouldn't be involved in business. Exactly. I mean, yeah. my grandmother was yeah. probably the driving force really yeah. Um, yeah. in their, yeah. in their um, GY they had. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so then my grandmother started a business under her name and then that was discount tire service and actually Goodyear. They ended up being bought out twice by Goodyear. So Goodyear ended up buying um, Discount Tire Service and all the franchisees because they franchised that, franchised that business out. And from there, my grandparents went on to start National Tire Wholesalers and they were the first people to get the licence for Cooper Tires in Australia and Mickey Thompson. Yeah, so so a, a, they brought them to Australia. So a very good business a family. business So no, no, they'd never had anything to really to do with, with plants, but Dad did do horticulture before he started Yeah, the and that history on the farm yes. and, in, and in rural properties yes. gives you that association with a farm and the, and the need and the real clear understanding that you can't just take things off the land, you've got to replace things That's back exactly to the right. land. That's exactly right, yes. So talking about the cafe, yes. 27 years ago, your parents had the vision of putting a cafe here. Now you and your husband, Nate, yes. now are the leaders in that cafe. Tell us what you're doing in there and why did you decide to get into that and a little bit of that background and history, a bit about staff. Yeah, so um, Nate and I, well, with the cafe, when mum and dad put the cafe in, they they were very smart in the fact that they realised they were not cafe people. They'd never had a cafe or anything like that. So they decided that they would lease that space out. And so over the sort of, um, say, 15 years or something like that or, or 13 years before we, Nate and I took it over, they'd leased it out about three times. But nobody had actually ever been particularly successful in, in the cafe as such. Um, and so the last person um, had sort of finished up and they were looking at releasing it and um, I, my husband and I had been together. We weren't married yet, but we'd been together a couple of years. Um, and he was a chef and, um, you know, and had worked all around the place and actually had a really fantastic job. He was executive chef up at Parliament House. Wow, well, okay. And so he had a very good job. Yes. And was being paid very, very well. Yes. Um, but, you know, when the lease came up, we thought, you know, maybe we could do that, um, you know, and sort of have our own little business within the business. Um, and so we approached them and, you know, and they were very open to the idea. Um, and so Nate and I, yeah, basically took on the cafe. But when we first started, Nate, because he was getting paid so well, I said to him, you can't leave your job yeah. house. Like, you know, you're getting paid so well. Someone's going to put food like, on the table. Yeah, exactly. You need to keep that job yeah. and I'll start running the cafe side of things. And like on weekends, because Parliament House was not weekends, I said on weekends you can come work in the cafe and all the rest of it. Um, but look, it, it just didn't work really that well. You know, I think it's very hard. I, I I say this to people when they're starting a business, especially with a cafe, you know, they're all restaurant. Look, you know, it is a, it's a very hard industry. It's a very hard industry to make money out of. And really you need to have a chef owner if you're going to own a, a restaurant because a lot of money can go out the back door, a lot of money. There's a lot of problems with that sort of stuff um, with, um, you know, buying ex things that are very expensive, yes. um, you know, a lot of food wastage and yes. things like that. So what we found is, you know, we had we had leftover staff from the previous person that we had taken on and we had um, these two chefs and I love it. And Nate walks into the cool room, you know, this is probably a couple of weeks after taking over and was looking through the cool room as he does. He does that everywhere he goes, yes. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's looking through the cool room and he was like, what's this? There was this beautiful, you know, huge... Um, thing of steak you know i can't remember what they call them tdrs or something like that but anyway it's this massive big piece of steak and he's looking at this steak and he, he said it was you know like a, a, a 
uh, I fillet steak. Right. And he said, what are, you, what are you guys doing with this I fillet steak? And they said, oh, we're putting it on the steak sandwich. And he said, what? <laughs> and so he said, oh, we've got to, like, it's not going to work. These chefs aren't going to work, yeah. you know, like this, is, you know, because yeah. that, that steak is so expensive, you know, that's not the type of cut you're going to put on that. And, so, yeah, that's right. That doesn't translate to between two pieces of bread. No yeah. way. So um, so basically Nate left his job with at Parliament House and we um, and he came in full-time here. And when we started, we only had five staff as well to begin with, um, as well as Nate and I, so five staff on top of us, sort of two in the kitchen and, and five out the front. Um, and look, those first few years were they were they were I wouldn't say hard years, but you know we worked a lot. You know we really we worked seven days a week. We you know worked nights. You know we did everything there. We yes. were having to do every part of the business, and that's to, what you have to be right. You, if you're going to you be do. a small business owner, yes. when, how long did it take for Nate to leave Parliament House to come here? How long? When did when did you realise? Quite quickly, quite quickly, probably sure. first yeah. in the first six months, yes. I would say. I yeah. think he lasted about six months, yeah. and then it just was got too stressful. And you know, he said, "Look, I'm going to come back into the kitchen, and you know, all that sort of stuff." So, um, but yeah, look, it was yeah, it was hard those first few years, and you know, all the rest of it. But also, it was really exciting those first yeah. few years because, like, it was our first business, and especially for Nate, I come from a business background. So for me, opening a business isn't particularly a scary thought. I, I don't know. I suppose I've grown up around it. It's second nature just na- to me. Yeah, exactly. It's natural. Every morning you woke up and you saw your parents running a business. And we did. That was the natural thing to do. And we saw the hard times. We saw the good yes. times. And, you know, you know there's this thing that happens where you can you go up and down and things like that. So, But for Nate, this was his first business. It was very exciting for him as well. And, you know, I think um, as a young couple, we were only in our late 20s. Um, you know, it was ex- an exciting time for us. We didn't have kids at that stage. So we could put in the long hours. We could do all of that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it was really, really exciting. I think a lot of my listeners um, are from the corporate world. Yes. And they would find it interesting to hear the breadth of the skills that you have to have at a high level. You can't just be middling at HR or middling at finance or middling at purchasing. You've got to be excellent at those things or you're not going to make money. So tell me about that. Tell me about all yeah, those skills, marketing think, skills, all of the stuff yeah, that you have to do. I think you're, you're, that you're exactly right. When you're a small business owner, you you become everybody. You're, you do every, all the jobs, especially yeah. when you're really small and you're starting out. As we've gotten bigger, that has changed. But when we first started out, definitely, you know, I used to do, I was doing the same as what my mum was doing, you know, at nighttime going home and doing all the books and the banking and, you know, all that sort of stuff, um, you know, being the chef been the kitchen hand you know for the first probably 18 months I spent at least a couple of days a week being the dish hand you know washing dishes my mother used to come in on a busy day when we you know we weren't expecting to be quite so busy my mother would come in and she'd be doing the dishes or Nate's mother would come in and do that um so you know there is all of those sorts of things and you're right you have to get really good at doing all of those jobs because um you know if you don't well it could be the difference of making a profit for the week or not making a profit. Um, and, you know, in the restaurant industry in general, the wages are very high. So, you know, because it is, um, you know, a, a labour intensive, you need to have a high number of staff to be able to get the food out quickly, get the coffees out quickly, serve people, all of that stuff. So, you know, that's a, a conscious thing for a lot of restaurant owners is that wage thing is, you know, if your wages go above a certain amount, you're not going to make profit that week. So that that is really important. So for us, that's always been a big thing too. And that's a really interesting position to have a conversation about because 
my podcast is called CEO-led sales. And it may, again, be funny for people to listen to this and go, well, why is Andrew interviewing Emma Toll from Rodney's Nursery Cafe? But your team have to be salespeople as well. And they have to be led by your behaviours and Nate's behaviours to ensure, how do you make certain that your team are responsive to your clients who are your customers and actually are able to sell and deliver a great outcome to your clients at the same time? Yeah, I think, you know, um, we we actually say to our staff that, you know, you're you are actually a salesperson here. You know, this is actually a sales job as well. And, and you know, that can be quite shocking to, you know, especially younger staff coming in because yeah. they're thinking, well, hold on, I'm coming here for as a waitress. And it's like, yes, you are coming as a waitress, but that also entails being a good salesperson because, you know, we, we are a cafe, so we're not a high-end restaurant where we're serving, you know, things for a premium price. Yes. Um, and, you know, selling lots of wine and alcohol. We do have a liquor licence, which I can talk to about later but that's changed our business a lot too our profit and things Mm -hmm. by doing that but um you know we say you have to be able to upsell to people it's really important because getting an extra coffee out of somebody or an extra piece of bacon or you know something that might seem not you know very like not a big deal because it might be only four or five dollars yes actually if you're getting that out of every single person that becomes a really big deal at the end of the day and at the end of the week and the end of the month and the year and all the rest of it so we say to them you know you need to be giving people a really great experience and you but you need to also be offering them things so um you know we changed our service where we used to take um orders from the table and one reason we did that was we were trying to cut our staffing down. So yes. now you have to go and order and pay at a counter. But even those staff, you know, who order and pay, go up, who, sorry, are on the tills and doing the ordering and paying, they basically are upselling. So they're saying, if somebody says, would you like a cappuccino? It's like, would you like that in a cup or a mug? Mm. Um, and, you know, 90% of the time people will say, oh, I'll have it in a mug. Yes. But if you don't ask, you know, you're just going to put it as a cup. Or, you know, if you're getting a burger, would you like the bacon on there? There's an extra $4 yeah. on the meal. So, you know, it is really important. And we do sort of tell the staff that. And even when staff are clearing tables, it's like, clear the tables, let them know there's beautiful cakes inside. If they want to go and have a look at the cakes, you know, they can go up and order something. Yeah, and, so. it's, and it's the right thing to do because it's enabling your clients to have a better choice, to have a better decision. Yes. And I know from my experience, when I go somewhere, I want to have things suggested to me because we don't know as the customer walking in for the first time or the second time, what's good and, yes. and what's available. We want that. And there's nothing worse than asking a wait staff for a suggestion and being told, oh, everything's good. Yes. You know, that's, that, that just yes. leaves me flat, right? It does. Like, I want you, to be talked to. Yeah. Or you asking, hey, I mean, this happens a lot. People come into the garden and say, oh, my God, I can't choose. So what do you recommend, this one yeah. here or this yeah. one here? And so, you know, it's really great when your staff can say, actually, this is really good, you know, because the staff have tried the meals and they've tried all this sort of stuff. Um, so, yes, I think it makes a big yeah difference when you can, you know, when you train your staff to be salespeople um, and, and to offer those extra things so. that's yeah I, I that's 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 really interesting but your staffing numbers have grown over the time right you've now they got have. a large staff 45 i think yeah so in i mean it was seasonal as well yes. so um basically we have around about 15 to 18 full-time staff right. within the cafe so that's our our core group um and 
over the sort of busy periods, um, sort of that spring through until April, um, we have up to 45 staff. And that includes our provador as well. Yes. And then over winter, you know, the casuals, we do cut back and things course, like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we probably have at least 30 on even in the middle of winter. See, that's, a, of that's a significant so, enterprise, right? Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's you know, it's still classed a small business. Yes. But it's a significant enterprise. What are the systems you've got in place, you know, uh, staff meetings and training and those sorts of things. What do you do to keep that consistency across all of your staff? Well, I think one thing that's really important is that Nate and I are still in the business a lot. So we're here a lot and we're overseeing um, stuff. I mean, obviously, we're not um, doing, you know, what we were doing when we first started. Yeah, that's right. But we're still here every day, basically. Um, you know, even on our days off, we'll usually be here in some form coming down, checking what's going on. Yeah. Um, but with um, staff, Look, I think staff meetings are really important. So we we certainly have um, a staff meeting with our um, management team. So we've got some managers and supervisors and things like that. So we have that at least um, once a fortnight where we actually have a sit down sort of thing. And our our casual staff, we tend to have um, meetings sort of once every six months. So we have a big meeting where we get everybody to come in. But in saying that, um, with COVID, that's it's actually been a bit difficult to do that as well. So we, we that's actually sort of fallen away a little bit but what we do is it sort of filters down through our staff so we talk to the management and then that gets passed on to the the rest of the staff um and the other thing we do is when we have a new staff member we sort of we buddy them up with somebody so you know obviously we have our induction and we do all of that sort of stuff but then what we do is we buddy that person up with somebody who's been with us for a long time and they then also get to um you know experience how things are done how we want them done and all the rest of it so and and with you were describing that you and Nate are on the floor yes. out, all the time, every day. Mm. That by osmosis, people pick up your enthusiasm and your professionalism and how you deal with staff, uh, customers, and they know well. These are the things that are acceptable, and these are the things that aren't. It's, sorry, just to interrupt you. It's just yes. really interesting to say that, Andrew, because I, I just have to say this because I mean it is amazing to watch this happen. Is yeah. Say, you know, I come down in the mornings on a weekend, I'll come down every morning early as a staff arrives and they're setting up and, you know, greet them. And, you know, I look, I'm a happy person. I am by, you know, just yeah. default. I'm a, I'm a pretty happy person and I'm, I'm you know. Yeah. So I come down and I'm always in a great mood. And even when I'm not in a great mood, I put on that I'm in a great yeah, mood. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, say good morning and I you know, do all these sort of things. And, you know, this it filters to the staff. And I, can I tell you, if I come down in a bit of a flat, mm, flat yeah. mood or yeah. a bit funny or a bit like, oh, morning, you know, that filters. And actually that is how the day progresses. progresses so from there. how That's we the start the day yeah. is then how it flows onto the staff. Yeah. And the same with the managers, you really know. Important. The managers know they have to come in happy, excited for the day, saying, it's going to be a great day, you know, this is what's happening and all the rest of it, and that is the that starts our day on a, in a great frame. If we come down flat or, you know, just not really feeling it, it, it it's amazing. It, it's through. like catches on. It's like yeah. a disease that yeah. goes through everybody. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's really important to us too, and that's something I've learned over the years too. I naturally am a happy person, but, you know, I have come down here, you know, at times and been a bit like, oh. And it's so funny to watch it actually that, uh, through. go through the whole yeah. staff. Yeah. Yes. So we make it a point to come down and be happy, you know, friendly, all that sort of stuff. Nice, yeah. nice. And it really, and as a customer, yes. I pick that up very often. You know, you walk into a place and if you feel that staff are timid or 
concerned or always looking around, you know that their leadership is probably doing most of that as an issue for them. Oh, I so, think so too, yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier on the good times and the bad times. And, of course, on most people's minds, COVID is really fresh in our memory. And COVID really affected hospitality businesses where they relied upon people coming and sitting at their tables, buying, paying, leaving, coming back again. That changed everything. Tell me the sorts of things that you did um, during that COVID period of time. How long did you take to react? What did you do? And wh- how did you feel, you know, eight months into into COVID? Look, when COVID first hit, I think a bit like everybody, we, we were really stunned. I mean, obviously we'd heard there was this disease that had come out of China and mm. all the rest of it. But I, th- I suppose I was just trying to think on the bright side, thinking, oh, it's, everything's going to be fine. And so I think we were very shocked that when, you know, the they first came and basically over the news it said restaurants going to have to shut from tomorrow. It was very quick that it happened. That's, yeah. um, and look, you know, I, my husband and I kind of went into a bit of a spin. We did, you yes. know, and we thought, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Like, what's happening? And, you know, I think the uncertainty was very unsettling. Um, and and so we, we sort of went into a bit of a freak-out mode. Um, and so I think... We're very lucky though because we do have a family business and we have um, my parents are within the business and they've had 50 years of ups and downs and all the rest of it. And I want to talk about that later on. Yes. Yes, And so I think um, they were really great because we we sort of said, oh, we're going to have to close and we're not going to to do anything and, you know, that's just the way it is. Anyway, I love it. My dad sort of gave us a couple of days. He sort of let us have a bit of a salt for a couple of days and then he sort of called me and said, could you come and have it? Could you and Nate come and see us? And so... We said, oh, okay. And I thought, oh, what's going on here? And um, anyway, he was fantastic. He said, what are you doing? He said, you know, this isn't like you guys. You guys are go-getters. You guys are problem solvers. You know, this is happening, but you need to think of it in a different way. And so he said, you know, maybe maybe you need to look at doing food, takeout food or whatever it is. And so we sort of thought, oh, Okay. He said, you're not going to just sit around and do nothing, are you? And I said, well, no, I suppose we're not. And so we did. We The nursery got very busy over that period because obviously people were told to stay home and people started beautifying their homes and wanting to be at home. So the nursery actually became extremely busy over that period. Um, and so we actually wheeled out a um, fridge into the, the main shop of the nursery right near the counters there. And we, you know, basically had to put all the stuff um, you know, not let them go, but we, we, you know, said nobody, you know, I can't remember what they called it, but, you know, basically we'd put them on ice for a little bit. Yes. And so um, it was just Nate and I. So I love it. We were back to our roots. We said, how yeah. funny is this? This is like when we, we first started our business. Exactly. Um, so it was just the two of us. Yeah. And what we were doing, we were doing homeschooling as well with our kids. But yes. what we were doing is Nate was getting up at 3 a.m. every morning and he was going down and he was baking big trays of lasagnas and beef bourguignon and um, pastas and mashed potato, and then he was, um, you know, putting them into boxes, takeaway containers, and then we would come down and I would come down for a little bit and start setting everything up, and then we'd swap, and I'd be homeschooling, and he'd be down there, like, and basically we put a till there, and we just started selling it, and it actually went out the door. Out the door, yes. we couldn't keep up. Yes. We just and so then we actually had to get a couple get of the chefs back, back in. Right. because we couldn't yeah. actually keep up with it. Um, and so then we got a couple of staff to come back and and start helping out doing those things. And it was amazing. And what we had too, I think we were very lucky because we have built community here at the nursery. We had a lot of people who 
didn't said we just don't want you guys we want you guys to come out of this we don't want you to go broke or we don't yeah. want so we had a lot of community support of people coming out and buying those meals because they said we want you to reopen you yes. know we want this you know we love coming here so we were very lucky in that way too so um yeah and then from there we you know we were able to reopen we also did a renovation in that time again we'd said we're not going to do the renovation because we thought we're not going to spend all that money exactly but again my dad the voice of reason said mad you, you, this is the best time to do the renovation you know you're going to open up at some stage put the money in put it you know do what you need to do because we'd outgrown our kitchen quite a few years beforehand so he said you know you need this renovation to move forward as a business and so we ended up doing the what renovation time and going around get it done absolutely and it was the best thing we did yes. it actually has changed our business yeah. you know we it's it's scaled us up even more um and we did reopen ready to go when you know we could open and you know we this brand new business and everybody wanted to come out here and check it out and be in this space totally. so yeah and, and a few really interesting things that you mentioned you know your customers wanted to support you but unless you had gone out and done something that enabled them to support you that wouldn't have occurred and so it was your thinking that said how can we go about doing it and you mentioned luck so i don't actually think it's luck. everything you've said to me so far <laughs> yeah. not luck you planned this and you worked really hard to get it and also right back at the roots of starting the cafe where you w did have your sleeves rolled up doing every job that was just what you had to reinstigate here it was. it was just what you had to do and then by you doing the renovations you passed on that goodwill because your customers were buying your food you had the confidence to do the renovation so some builder got the work to do as well so it's yes. a really nice flow-on effect there oh it's a nice way of looking at it well, well you look at that it right is. yeah, yeah so, so, so those things so oh, um uh, <laughs> this will get it. That's good. Let me get a <laughs> no, I'm awesome. normally not bad for a question. I, I had a question in my head, but like, ah. Uh, so around business planning, you know, we, we talk about COVID. We talk about pivoting. I don't like that word, but people talk about pivoting. But I believe it's just fundamental, good, solid business sense. Your, your dad's been here in business 50 years. He's seen recessions come and go. And while COVID turned on us overnight, Recessions still happen, you know, and we're looking perhaps at one coming down the path. So good, strong business planning is what's what helped you come out unscathed. Um, do you have a formal business planning process? Uh, is it or is it sitting down around the table having that conversation? How do you go about doing that? Well, yes, we do. We do do business planning and 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 things like that. I think. Once you've been in business a long time and you have an established business, um, you know, obviously it's easier um, to do those sorts of things because we have a lot of stuff in place. We have a lot of people that come here anyway, but we every year we set an agenda of things we want to do for that year. And, you know, whether it is something small, you know, like we basically do an Easter hunt here every year, which actually probably isn't that small. We get about... Um, 250 kids that come to it and That's all their parents small. I know right. yeah. <laughs> and it's in the nursery but you know there's the planning for all of that sort of stuff yeah. um, and so that sort of happens every year so that's an easy thing to do because we kind of know how that works yeah. but we also do have um, you know larger plans that that we, we do so like the cafe renovation that actually before we did it it was actually supposed to happen the year before but um, it was going to run into our spring period which is our really busy time we make our money in that period so we decided not to do it and to wait till the 
following year. So, you know, things like that we do have in the planning. Um, and, you know, every year we try and kind of do something quite big or have, you know, something that we're looking forward to doing and, and adding on and things like that. So, yes, and we usually have um, meetings and that's within the family. So we first have a family meeting. So that would include my sisters, my mum and dad and my husband and I. Um, and we usually sit down, we talk about what we're doing. So this year we have... It's our 50th anniversary so of the nursery, so it's quite a Something big special. year for us. Yeah. So, you know, we're planning on having, like, a big um, garden party towards um, spring and How things lovely. like that. So, yeah, and then it sort of filters down to the rest of the staff. This is what we're planning on doing and, you know, and getting their input as well. It's really important to us that we have the input of them as well because – I mean, they're what make this nursery tick as well. You know, without them, we we couldn't do it. So it's very important that we have them on board. Not everybody always agrees on everything, you know. Of course they don't. And even within our family, you know, we... You know, um, we are very lucky. We all work very well together. And I think the reason for that is we all have our own separate identities within the business and areas we deal with. We don't tend to cross over right? Um, unless we're talking about stuff. But everybody gets sort of given their area and that's their area. And, you know, we, we sort of let them run with it. Um, and it's the same with the staff. We want them involved. And, yeah, not everybody agrees all the time. But, you know, we try and work it that we get majority or, you know, that we can kind of get everybody to agree to some part. So, yeah, and, and I think that's really important that you set sort of a guiding principle around how overall the nursery will look, mm. but then the individual businesses within the nursery mm. have their own method of getting there. They do. Yeah. I think the reason why also, like for my husband and I, the reason why we work so well together is because he runs the kitchen side of things and I run the front of house side of things. So, yes. you know, and I don't really get involved in kitchen business very much unless I have to. Yes. And there's been times when, yes, I've had to get involved in that. Yeah. And he doesn't really get involved. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because he's now starting to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I hear he got some really positive feedback. He, <laughs> serving, I think, a week ago. Tell me about that. Well, so, because he's trying to get out of the kitchen a little right, bit. He's okay. been a chef for 28 years, which yes. is crazy because I don't think of him as being that old. But, he, you know, he's been a chef since he was 17. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, he's decided he wants to step out of the kitchen a bit more. Not not full time. So he's still in there a couple of days a week. Um, but he started to sort of get on the floor a little deliver bit the, more the and things like that. And no, so, good. yeah, we had a customer the other day who thought our manager was away. So she thought Nate, Nate my husband, was the new manager. And so she sent an email in basically saying, oh, I just wanted to let you know, like, I come in all the time. I love Rodney's. I've been coming for years. And I was, I thought it was going to be a complaint because, you know, you, yeah, a lot of emails you get and I thought, oh, no, yeah, like, you yeah. know, what's, what's going to happen here? But yeah. actually she said, and I just wanted to say I got served on Saturday by the new manager. He was fantastic. How I had cool. the best customer experience, probably the best I've had in, you know, a couple of years and, you know, all the rest of it. So, you know, he was really chuffed with that. He would have been. Oh, he was. We all, yeah, how good. That's oh, he wonderful. actually thought, he actually thought yeah. I was pranking him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, it's a real email. Yeah. And he said, oh, wow. So, no, it is really good. Um, and look, Look, he's a very um, people person, Nate. Yeah. So he's actually he is really fantastic on the floor as yeah. well, and you know, so it is really good. Yes. Speaking of customers, fifty years in business, have there been any special customers that have come in here? That any politicians, royals, what's going on there? There yeah. has actually. We, okay. We've had quite a few um, people. Let me just have a think. So we've had oh, we had the Prime Minister, we had Kevin Rudd it was when he was Prime Minister yes. and um, his wife and all of their sort of entourage oh, they had a lovely. lot of entourage. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they sort of had like 
lunch, but they also had a wander in the nursery. Um, we've had Hamish Blake, the comedian, okay. and his wife. Okay. Um, they came in, um, Zoe Foster Blake, they came in for breakfast with some friends. Um, we've, uh, Mark Webber, actually. So the, the okay. Formula One driver. Over from Queen yeah. 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 When yeah. he was used to, when he was in Formula One yes. still, he used to come back sometimes. And so his family would come over here. So I've met him a few times. He's actually the loveliest guy. Very and very slim. Okay. Like I was so shocked by how slim he is. I suppose they have to I be to fit into the car. Yeah, yeah, and not carry right. any excess weight. Yeah. Um, we've had, we used to have um, Sir William Dean, who used to be the Governor General. Right. He used to come in very regularly, actually. Yes. Um, so yeah, we've had quite a lot of people. Actually, we had one. Of, I suppose one of the best um, customers we've had in, one of the best guests we've had come in, which was really exciting. And it was actually very exciting for my father. Right. Um, is, um, I won't mention any names, but okay. basically he's a trucking magnet. Okay. Magnet, okay. And, um, nice. He came in and anyway, he, he'd been wandering around the nursery. Nobody sort of recognised who he was and he was sort of just a customer. And then he came to the front shop and said, you know, is the owner of the business here? And one of the shop staff said, oh, I think he is. I'll just, you know, have a call. And so called over to the office where Dad was and said, oh, there's so-and-so, there's a man by the name of so-and-so here to see you. And Dad thought, oh, that's so weird. Like the yeah, only person I know by that name is, you know, is this, this guy, is this, guy yeah, yeah. this famous guy, this mm. billionaire. Yeah. Um, so he said, it wouldn't be him. So anyway, he said, oh, I'll be over in just a minute. So he comes over and anyway, he walks straight, like, you know, straight into... This fellow. This, you know, billionaire. Yeah. And, you know, he said, oh, hi, I'm Rodney. And and anyway, um, this customer said, I had to meet the owner of this nursery. I just wanted to let you know I think this place is absolutely magical and amazing and I want to congratulate the, you know, owner of the business on what a great job he's done. He And um, the customer said, I basically love nurseries and so he said I, whenever I travel whatever country I, I am in I always go and visit like nurseries nursery. and I look at nurseries all over the world and you know I really I really love doing that and he said so I've been to you know amazing nurseries all over the world and he said you know I would probably say this is one of the best if not the best I've been to he said it's just absolutely amazing and he loved the cafe as well he'd had lunch in the cafe pr before he you know come out and spoken to dad and then he said to dad that um, um, oh, actually, I've got a, a bit of land outside of Melbourne Airport that I would love to, um, you know, you to start a nursery on. And and Dad sort of thought he was joking. Yeah, and sort wow. of went, oh, well, and Dad said, oh, thanks, but, you know, no thanks. And anyway, they, they talked for a bit longer. And then, amazingly, he actually called a couple of times Just to, um, to say, I really, no, I actually really want you to recreate what you've made here down in Melbourne on this piece of land. I'd love to go into business with you and for you to recreate it. But look, you know, I mean, yeah. Melbourne's a long way away. Uh, and yeah, my and dad is seventy-four now, yeah, so <laughs> and a significant holding here, and well, lots fifty of years. Well, yeah, you know, I right. think what people yeah. don't understand too is that this place is magical and amazing because it's been here for fifty years. And yes, yes we've added on, and you know, yeah. some of it is a little bit, you know, like hocus pocus, or you know, but. It's actually what makes this place makes really special. Right, yeah. Like you to build, you can't just build something. You can't go down with an instruction book down to Melbourne. No, and you know, like yeah. a lot of those new builds and stuff. Look, they're very beautiful, but they can be a little bit soulless to begin with. Yes. It takes a while to get that kind of feel in yeah, a place, and yeah. you know. So yeah, I do think that's the magic of this place is the fact that it's just things have been built on and built on and built on over fifty years, and it's just expanded organically. Organically, yeah. Basically, so it all, it it's all not, works. Yeah. 
it's not manufactured. It's yes. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly yeah. it. Well, that's that's some lovely stories about um, guests you've had here. Emma, tell us about where you think um, hospitality cafes are going to be into the future. Tell me what you think is going to evolve here and how that might look, you know, three, five years away. Yeah, look, I think I think it's going to be a little bit of a rough ride over the next 12 to 24 months. Um, obviously, with everything that's going on, with interest rates rising, um, with, you know, there's talk that there could be a recession and things like that. And look, there's a lot of hype in the media too, which, you know, isn't great for um, no. any small business owner, anyone in retail or hospitality or any of those things, because it does scare people off. Um, so I think, you know, there probably will be a little bit of a rough period over the next um, 12 to 24 months. But in saying that, you know, Canberra is a bit of a bubble. We are very lucky because in Canberra we have a lot of people with very secure jobs, um, especially government jobs, and also high-paying jobs. Yes. So people have, you know, quite well-paying jobs and have that spare sort of cash. Um, so usually... And look, in times of recession for us personally, um, actually the nursery does usually quite well in that time because people still... They, they stay close to home, so they might not be taking those overseas holidays or even yeah. the holiday to Sydney or Melbourne or Gold mm -hmm. Coast or whatever. Um, and so they're staying home, but they actually want to have a nice home. And so they're wanting to go out and still beautify their home and do things, so buying plants. And so we're very lucky with the cafe because we have a very symbiotic relationship where, you know, we feed off each other. Um, so, you know, people come to the nursery to buy plants and then think, oh, I'll go in for lunch and, you know, or I might get a coffee. Or the other way around, people, you know, we get a lot of people who come here just for the cafe, but then they think, oh, have a walk through the nursery the afterwards, you know, nursery, it's a lovely yes. sort of, you know, meander after you've eaten. Yeah. So we're very lucky in that way. So, you know, of course, we will weather the storm. Of course we will. We've had 50 years in business yeah. of the nursery. My husband and I have been in business 14 years. Um, you know, we will weather the storm and, and we will come out the other side. You know, we will probably change our business again. A few years ago, um, we... Our business wasn't doing very well. We, we went through a really rough period where we weren't doing very well. That was probably about, um, four or five years ago. Right. And so we, we, you know, we at that time thought, mm, do we actually really want to do this? And, you know, all the rest of it. Um, and that was when we were doing table service. So we used to have full table service where a waitress would come and actually take your order from the table and all yeah. that sort of stuff. We actually, um, a friend of mine had a business coach who she said, you should talk to this guy. And so we, um, we spoke to this guy and, you know, we got on really well with him. And, you know, I think when you have a business coach, you have to kind of have a good relationship and you have to get along with totally. them, and, you know, because otherwise it doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, and look, he was not really in the hospitality. Well, sorry, I shouldn't say that. He was a little bit more in the fast food side of things. Right. But, um, and an accountant by trade. But we got on very well with him and he was fantastic. I mean, they were all our ideas, but I was really against. My husband wanted to do order and pay at the counter. And because we'd never done it like that, I just didn't want to do that. I had you put my head in the sand. I did yep. and thought, I don't want to do that. That's not how we've done it. And, you know, I wasn't thinking properly. And so it was really good getting somebody else Clarity. in who yeah. was impartial, who was just looking at the business and trying to save money and saying, this is what we can do. And he said, you're mad. Like, that. Like you, of course you should do that. Like, And, you know, you can still be personal and it's still a beautiful space and all this stuff. So, you know, we, we did do that because our wages were sky high. Yes. Basically, we were losing money from our wage costs. Yeah. And that was the only place, but that was, that it was, was it. huge. Yeah. Um, and so by doing that, we managed to be able to bring our wages down by about 15%. So that's that's huge. That's a big um, and so, and that that changed our business. And do you know what? 
I, it's actually, I love it. It's, yeah. I actually love the business the way it is yes. now too. You yeah. know, it Isn't is, you know, it's, yeah. it's not that big a deal. Even yeah. though in my, in my head, I thought this is going to ruin our business as well. And this is terrible, but actually, no, it was really good. And, you know, and then since then, the whole buzzer, not the buzzer, the, you know, the QR codes on the table have come out. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. Like, definitely not. Like, yeah. But in saying that, we're now actually thinking about not maybe doing it on all the tables, but we've got, we're a very large cafe for people who don't know. We yes. can seat about 250 yeah, people. Yeah, it's huge. When we walk through the cafe to get to where we are speaking now, yes. I was surprised. Yes. yes. So we can seat about 250 people at any one time. And so um, we have an area which is a playground area where a lot of, you know, families go. And a lot of people don't want to get up and have to come and order and pay inside. Yeah. So in that area, we are just looking at doing that buzzer um, thing there. And we actually have... A, a friend who owns a number of cafes in Canberra who's just done that and he said his um, uh, sales have gone up about 10% I, I like it doing I, that I, yeah. I, I like he said it when people are reordering down. more yeah. having another coffee yeah. and doing that because they don't have to get up and queue Completely. up or anything like that so I think that's going to be our next sort of thing we're going to be looking at doing that yeah. at least in part of the cafe to begin with and then we'll go from there. Um, but look, we we are always pushing forward to we you know we have plans. We'd love to put a function centre on here at some mm. stage. Um, you know we've got a lot of sort of ideas of what we want to do. So you know you just sort of have to watch this space. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to look forward to that. Yes, Emma Toll. Thank you very much. What a great conversation we've had today. A, sh- a new conversation for me, and uh, I think it's uh, I think it's been very, very rewarding for our listeners, and thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Andrew. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you.